What is the connection between justice and religion? Brought to you by Soka and the Fatima Center. Justice is not just an abstract concept that affects states and societies. Rather, it is also a deeply personal matter. Each one of us is called to be just. Justice is not just about material goods or fairness. It involves gratitude, kindness, honesty, mercy, and reverence. And most importantly, when and how does man live justice as a heroic virtue? All this and more is discussed by Kevin Rorty in this 29th episode of Our Ladies Shock Troops. Praise be, Jesus and Mary. I'm David Rodriguez, content director for the Fatima Center. I'm joined once again by my friend Kevin Rorty of Soka, Souls of the Christian Apostolate. Kevin, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, David. Yeah, this is the first time we see each other in this 2023rd year of the reign of Christ our King. Kind of like saying it that way to remind people of why it's the year 2023. This is, people used to date things from the time that a king came to power, you know, the eighth year of this king or the 24th year of that king, and we're in the 2023rd year of the reign of Christ our King. Good to keep that in mind. If our viewers recall, last time we talked about the virtue of fortitude. And prior to that, we had talked about the virtue of temperance. So we had started a series on growth in the virtues. So today, Kevin, I've got us slated to talk a little bit about justice, one of the other four cardinal virtues. But as always, before we get started, if you'll lead us in a prayer. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Veni Sancte Spiritus, Repele Tuorum Cora Fidelium, Etui Moris in Eis in Nemeshende, Emite Spiritum Tuum Ecrebuntur. Renovabis, Facem Terre. Oremus. Deus qui quora fidelium, sancti spiritus, illustratione docuisti, da nobis neodem spiritu recta sapere, et de eu semper consolatione gaudere, per Christum dominum nostrum. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Kevin. We'd like to talk a little bit about justice today. No better place to start than just with our definition. And then we can probably kick it in with some of the questions I know you have. If people have downloaded, it is there at the website. Uh, in the show more notes as well, the heroic questionnaire that Soka puts out that we're sort of following to provide an outline for these discussions on the virtue. So again, going back to my book on the spiritual life, it's Tancare, correct, Father Tancare? Yep. I've been trying to work on my pronunciation there, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, I made you self-conscious. My bad, David. No, no, you called me on it, and that's great, right? That's <laughs> what we need. We need people telling us, hey, you got to be corrected here, corrected there. Uh, justice, all about correction, I guess. So he explains... <laughs> that it often stands in holy writ for the sum total of all Christian virtues. For example, when our Lord says those who hunger and thirst after justice in the Beatitudes, but there it really is referring to holiness. So he's saying sometimes even in the scriptures, be careful, because when the word justice is used, it could just mean holiness, period. But he says we're going to talk now in the strict sense of what we mean by justice as the virtue. And so here's the definition. The moral supernatural virtue, which inclines the will, to render unto others at all times what is strictly their due. So, there we have it. That's my piece. Now it's up to you. Take us away, Kevin. I give the definition. <laughs> I got the easy part. <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting you started out by saying that this is the year of our Lord, Christ the King. 
because even the notion of kingship is not well understood today. And I would say the notion of justice is often clumped in with that, often in a very impersonal way. We use the word justice on a very macro level from a very you know, governing millions of people notion. Well, this was unjust. Or we think of it in literary books that we read in high school, if they even include that in education anymore today, where, oh, this was a study of the notion of justice. But we don't really think, oh, I that was unjust what I did. We wouldn't even use the phrase necessarily unjust when referring to wrongs that were done to us. We often more use the term that was unfair. But there's a real deep truth that we understand on a subconscious raw level that God's instilled into our hearts, understanding that there is this due that others should be given and that we should be given. And in order to grow in holiness, we have to be aligned in this way with truth and with goodness in order to grow in holiness and to have heroic virtue. So I'm going to read through some of these questions that we can use to reflect on our own growth and heroic virtue. And then we'll discuss some of the ramifications for how we should live. So, and I would say to know it's not our relation to others, other people, but also to God and to the saints and to the church. So there's this level of justice that goes at all, all levels. Okay. So am I friendly? Am I subject to my parents and superiors? Am I grateful for favors received? Do I strive to excite gratitude in others? Do I discharge my duties, avoiding all favoritism? Do I balance justice with kindness that no one could ever have a complaint against me? Do I give God due honor and obedience? Do I venerate the saints? Do I accept the decrees of the Pope with proper respect and reverence? Am I exact in observance of sacred rites and ceremonies of the church? Do I promote the worship of God? Do I respect rights of all and give what is due to them? Do I hate cheating and fraud of all kind? Okay. One, there's a lot we could discuss here, but I'll just note two that really seem to be like, how does this fit in with justice? Am I friendly and do I balance justice with kindness that no one could ever have a complaint against me? This shows on the one hand, we need to make sure on a, on a very material level, we give others Okay, you owe them $10 or you owe them this or that. And that, you know, we're not deceitful, that we try to be honest and be fair, not just in maybe what they're cognizant of us owing them, but maybe we owe them more than what they know we owe them. And we aren't trying to deceive and just play to our own strengths. That would be sort of the capitalist individualist notion that survival of the fittest as long as I can get ahead in whatever way I can, Machiavellian style, then I'm the best. But in the Christian sense, it's not only being honest in that way, which is so hard today. That's why you have people like Jordan Peterson saying you have to be honest with yourself and with others. They're, people are due the truth. Honesty is a part of this. But not only that, we have to be kind in addition to that from the Christian sense and friendly as much as possible, even those that persecute us. So in all those relations, this heroic virtue of justice goes beyond just giving the mere materialistic due to really the Christian due of showing others their 
their humanity, their, their, not just humanity in a secular sense, but that they should be given the goodness of God, so to speak. And so that, that carries a long way when we understand that this is not just the baseline virtue, it's the heroic virtue. So that's one thing I would note here. Another that I would note is, do I give God due honor and obedience? Do I accept the decrees of the Pope with the proper respect and reverence? People might wonder, how does that all fit in today? Well, because there's confusion about things from the hierarchy and all that. Without diving into that too much, we should understand the different levels of law. That divine law supersedes ecclesial law, which supersedes civil law. So if, for example, the state's, on a secular level today, required us to do something that was immoral, that was against divine law or natural law, which is above civil law, then we can't obey that. We have to give God his honor and obedience first. His law supersedes that, far supersedes that. And then even within the church, if there are things that aren't decreed, but are, you know, decreed in the sense that, no, we won't dive into the whole infallibility question because that's a whole whole nother can of worms. But if there are things that are just said from those in the hierarchy or whatever that go against divine law or seem to incline us against divine law, we first choose divine law. And that is, you know, there are times in the church where saints have had to say, okay, like Joan of Arc, for example, had to say, no, I'm, I'm sticking with divine law with God, even in the face of what people are saying, you know, is against against the church or against God himself. And so that there's a heroic calling in those times. But within this context, we do have to show the proper respect, even when there is need for disagreeing or going against certain things that are required of us from civil law or ecclesial law in order to maintain this level of heroic virtue, this proper respect, even amidst those things. And then one final comment, um, promote the worship of God. And am I exact in observance of sacred rites and ceremonies of the church and really just giving God his due in that sense? Because justice under the virtue of justice follows the virtue of religion. Actually, people don't understand this, but the religion is what binds us to giving this worship to God. And it really actually acts as sort of a connection to the supernatural virtues. So in order to have true holiness, which we're filled up with faith, hope and charity and we have to connect the acts of religion with those supernatural virtues through reverence. That's essentially what it's saying, exact observance of rites and ceremonies, basically being reverent, showing God his due by saying he is a creator, I'm the creature, showing that in external ways and following the things that he has handed to us through tradition, through the Holy Ghost, through centuries and centuries. In order to be holy, we have to follow those inspirations of the Holy Ghost. So when we look at liturgy, for example, in the Old Testament, why were the Jews brought out of Egypt? Not just for their own freedom, but freedom to worship God, basically for liturgy. And then God, what does he do? He gives clear reasons and clear ways to worship him. The same thing has happened to the inspiration of the Holy Ghost through centuries and centuries of the Holy Ghost instructing the church and how to give him due worship. And the saints have always always been reverent in that way of worshiping God with the fear of the Lord, with piety, that God is our father and he should be given all this great respect and reverence and with wisdom of contemplating him. And this heroic virtue of justice allows us to put him above everything else. 
there's a lot I said there, so David, I'll let you take it from there. I know, yeah, there's a lot for sure, Kevin. So maybe I'll just hit a few points and then give you a chance to comment too in response to what I'm thinking right now, because I do want to emphasize the point you made, going back to that definition where justice is basically giving everyone his due at all times. Obviously, then, as a subset of justice, which you've just mentioned, is the virtue of religion, which is giving God his due at all times. We often don't, you know, recognize that or understand that. And I think it's really important. That's definitely something that I think is failing from our catechisms. You know, what is religion? Now, if you talk about it as the virtue of religion, virtue of religion is just that, to give God his due at all times. And that's so important for justice, because I would say, if you don't have that right relationship with God, and you're not giving him his due, then you're not going to give men their due either. Right. Yeah. The two are interrelated. They can't be separated. And so this is even why, for example, well, one of the reasons there's so many, but one reason why the worship, the right worship is so important, because that means we're giving God his due. Once we fail in that right worship of God and we're not giving him his due in our life, we're not going to give it to other men. And so we will automatically, de facto, you can't avoid it. You're going to be unjust. And if society as a whole, talking about Christ the King, if society as a whole is not giving God his due, then we're going to have an unjust society. No matter how good we might think our laws or our legal systems are, our court systems, the society will be unjust because we're not giving God his due, and therefore we're not going to give men their due either. That's, I think, very, very important to understand with regard to both the virtue of justice and the virtue of religion. Yeah, and I think that's a fantastic point because you can even tell when someone has almost a disdain for God that they are very irreverent, you don't trust them. They're not a trustworthy person. They might be very friendly to your face, but that might, again, be sort of the more Machiavellian, like, oh, let's just get along so they like me or they're going to do me favors or I don't have to deal with conflict. But behind your back, they might just stab you. And so we need this God-fearing reverence to be back instilled into our society, into our own souls in order to regain that. Another aspect of this that is interconnected is this notion of gratitude. I think this was something a philosopher, a Catholic philosopher said is often overlooked in examinations of conscience that we need to be showing gratitude because everything is given our very life. And this is good for meditation, our very life. The fact that we exist is pure gift from God. We do not deserve that. We don't deserve anything in the faith. All of it is just given. And this heroic virtue of justice really sees that we can never give back anywhere close this infinite gift that God has given us in the sacraments and the grace and the church and ultimately salvation. if We persevere. And this level of gratitude is actually tied in with this virtue of justice. And I think would really enhance our spiritual lives. No, I was going to say, I love that point. I mean, we don't recognize how intrinsic gratitude is to justice, but see, that's why you got to think about it. Giving people their due. I think something that people can relate to, certainly if you're a parent, Uh, You can relate to this, but if you're not a parent, maybe you're a son or a daughter to parents. And so we all have this connection. And it's interesting because parents are giving everything to their kids. Just the other day, uh, one of the children was, let's say, um, let's just say being disrespectful towards their mother, which as a father, you can't stand for that. You have to educate your children well, and you can't let them speak to their mother or your wife that way. And, you know, you did have to call them on that. But it was interesting the way my mind worked, because immediately one of the things I went to was... Who do you think gave you life? I mean, you may not be thinking about this, but your heart was formed by your mother. You know, the blood, the organs. Your your mom formed that, and she bore you with so many trials and pain. And then, you know, she nursed you, and she takes care of you, and she, like, is feeding you every day and making all this delicious food and trying to get healthy ingredients. And, I mean, you're 
clothing and just trying to give you like this great life. She spends herself in just doing all this for you. You child now, what do you think is due to your mother in response? Obviously, first and foremost is gratitude. Like you have to have this spirit of gratitude towards your mom because she's done all this for you. And she does it happily. She does it joyfully, right? She does all these sacrifices as well. You too need to do it joyfully and with gratitude and not have self-entitlement and not be selfish, but have that spirit of generosity. That's actually what is due to your mom, to your dad, to your parents, obviously even more so towards God, you know, tying in the virtual religion again. But we don't often think that our gratitude is something that is due to others. And, and yet it very much is. And so that spirit of gratitude needs to permeate all our relationships uh, thank you, Kevin, for coming here and helping out the Fatima Center with these particular talks. You know, everyone who listens is grateful to what you're doing. I'm grateful, and we need to express that because that is something that's due, and we often don't express enough. If we express it both in our thoughts, our actions, our words, we definitely would have a more just, kind, friendly environment all around us. Yeah, and not to get all just bubbly about these things, you know, because some people say, oh, that's just modern psychology, but gratitude is a deeply embedded thing in uh, scripture, you know, you look, go back to the book of Psalms. We talked about this in previous episodes, but that spirit of gratitude really enhances your moral life and virtue and holiness because it allows, it, there's some, there's a, a switch that's flipped and all of a sudden you become, when you express gratitude to others and to God, your heart all of a sudden starts to seek the good. How can you give the good? Because you feel like you've been given the good. If all you're doing is thinking about the negative, then you're not going to be able to give that. Now, a couple more things that I would tie this into really try to understand what does it mean to have heroic uh, justice is we have this sense of gratitude. We come from that place in society and with God that we're given so much. So we have this, this obligation to give respect and to follow guidelines of things and things of that nature. Now, there's the defending the innocent that is very clear in our society. Those who are aborted and killed, true innocent on a daily basis. Defending the innocent, the abortion, but all, at all levels, you know, the, the innocent who are persecuted in, in whatever way, killed or just in a physical way or in a psychological way or in a spiritual way, especially souls that are led astray to damnation. On the flip side, so that, that we, that's part of justice is fighting in a vehement way to defend their rights and, and to give them justice they're due. In the midst of that, where this really becomes heroic, I think, is maintaining that thirst for righteousness, especially which with the innocent, combining that with this spirit of gratitude or mercy or that we still have to give respect as much as we can. Um, if you thought of a child who had a father, for example, that would physically abuse the child's mother or some of the other kids or himself. If he has to defend someone else in the, the family or, you know, in, in some public manner or whatever that looks like doing that in a way where even what he does just enough to be able to defend the innocent while still saying, I still have this goodwill, or at least I want the best for my father, especially because I I've still been given a lot from him that could be applied in many different contexts like if you had a mentor or someone in the church or a priest or uh, the pope or anyone that provides some good being able to maintain this sense that we are grateful for the things they have given while defending the innocent that are being 
persecuted or the rights of God that are not being respected while still as much as like doing those while at the same time maintaining the degree of respect or whatever we can to that individual. I think that that being able to maintain those as much as possible is really where the heroic virtue comes in because it's so easy to go from a reactionary, like they're all evil. I don't owe anything to them anymore because they did one bad thing or a bunch of bad things. But that's, I think that that's where real heroic justice is going to come in here. Definitely the heroic justice. Um, I'm thinking, I think we have to do justice part two because we're almost out of time here. And there's a yeah. lot I think we could have still gotten to. Uh, I would, though, say that I think this is so important talking about justice, especially with the points you're just bringing up. Because quite frankly, if you're not aware of it, we live in an incredibly unjust society. Yeah. And in some ways we feel, I think we sense, we know that the injustices are growing day by day, it seems. The injustice is going to breed things like anarchy and oppression and warfare. And unfortunately, as you just mentioned, Kevin, where the heroic virtue comes in is that so often the gut reaction or the instinctive reaction, nah, let me rephrase all that. The fallen human reaction, subject yeah. to original sin, is to come back at that with your own sort of injustice. So there's an injustice, an evil yeah. is done, and I'm going to come back with my own evil to right it. Of course, as Catholics, we know two evils never right or wrong. But that is, that's the worldly wisdom and that's how the world's going to respond. And, you know, we get affected by that. So that really does open a big discussion in how one can be heroically virtuous. Another big discussion, and I'll close with this, is just to tie it back into the message of Fatima. And that is that it was very interesting because, of course, our Lord asked for much prayer and penance. And at one point in time, Sister Lucia did ask our Lord, you know, like, what is this that we're supposed to do in terms of penance? And our Lord very simply said, the penance I now require of everyone. And it's such a baseline minimum, I think, because of the great injustices, as he said, is you keep God's commandments, right? So that's obviously, like we just said, natural law, divine law, Ten Commandments, six precepts of the church. So keep God's commandments and the penance of doing your daily duty. So, again, I don't know how much we think in terms of am I a just person by sort of rephrasing that question and asking myself, am I doing my daily duty? Because obviously that is what is due uh, insofar as you're in a family, what is due, let's say, to your wife and your children, insofar as you're, let's say, working, what's due to your coworkers. You know, you have a certain due to society. Obviously, what's due to God. We've talked about the virtue of religion. But are you doing your daily duty, right? The man who does his daily duty well is going to be the just man. Insofar as we fail in those daily duties, you know, we're yeah. going to be unjust. And that's the penance that is required. It is not easy. And we've touched on this. That's another topic we've got to get back to, Kevin, because people have been sending questions. They want to know more about daily duty. We bring this up. And I'm like, well, what is the duties of my state? You know, if I'm a mom, if I'm a mom where all the kids are growing up out of the house, whether if I'm a mom that's, you know, got three little ones running around my ankles and knees. So daily duty is an important thing that we will have to discuss, but put that in the context of justice. So with that, concluding comments, Kevin. Uh, yeah, I think it's way more relevant than we realize. I totally agree with what you're saying. And thank you, Fatima Center, for everything that you're doing and having me a part of this. It's really awesome. I'll just close by saying one of the things I've been doing a little bit more, and I know the Fatima Center is going to be pushing this, is reparation that we offer our Lord. And one of the great ways to do work of reparation, I and mean, that's part and parcel of the Fatima message, is the devotion to the Holy Face. If you're not familiar with it, we will talk about it more in some of our other shows. But connected to that is one of the prayers of reparation, which is the Golden Arrow. So, Kevin, if I may, I'm just going to conclude with that prayer of reparation to our Lord, the Golden Arrow. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, the most sacred, the most adorable, most mysterious and unutterable name of God be praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified. 
in heaven, on earth, and in the hells, by all God's creatures, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, and I guess we'll be talking about uh, prudence then. Perfect. Thanks, David. God bless. God bless. Our Ladies Shock Troops is brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. The message of Fatima is the solution for our time. Only she can help us now. It is urgent that we live according to Our Lady's message and share it with everyone we know. For more resources and to support this vital apostolate with your donation, visit our website Fatima.org or call us at 1-800-263-8160. May all we do be for the glory of God and salvation of souls. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. King St. Edward the Just, pray for us.